Hey, it's the Bradcast, and I'm at Golden Apple Comics in L.A.? We're in L.A. We're in L.A. We're in Los Angeles. Okay, we're on Melrose Avenue, 7018 Melrose Avenue, and we are in what might be one of the nicest, well-appointed comic book stores uh, I've been to in a while. Ryan, how long have you been here? Actually, uh, the comic book shop was opened in 1979 by my father, Bill Leibowitz. Nice. Um, so we've been around... We're coming up on 40 years. We're about 38, 39 years so uh, this you, year. You must have been a little boy. I was a little boy. Yeah, it dates me. I'm 43, so I think we opened it when I was like six. So is that the coolest thing a dad could be as a comic book store owner, or are you sick of it yet? You know what's weird is like when I was a kid, I didn't really get it. I don't think maybe either hit it from me or I just didn't really understand it. Good <laughs> um, dad. <laughs> I hid it from a lot of my friends because... I did because back then it wasn't cool. Really? Um, yes. Wow. Yes, okay. in the '80s you were a complete dweeb or a complete geek, and then in a bad way. Oh yeah. You were a loser. Oh, that's too bad because right know, in, now in it's... the '80s in Los Angeles, you know there was there was cool stuff going on. There was gangs. There was this. There was that. There was the other thing, fashion and Madonna and whatever, oh, yeah, and then. Comic books were not cool. So I was kind of embarrassed that oh. my dad owned a comic book store, I think, for a while, but now, obviously, I've embraced it. Yeah, um, a lot you've of done that, a great job. I appreciate that. Um, so a little history, so we used to be down the street about a mile. Oh, okay. Uh, Melrose and Fairfax, there's a high school over there. Oh yeah, Fairfax we saw it high on school. the way here. We were directly across the street, then we moved down the street a block. Okay for about 25 years, then moved here about 11 years ago. Uh, we were twice as big when we first moved here. Sure. We actually had the next door uh, space and I kind of went very big and grandiose and then have scaled it back since. Uh, Better it's crowded. Rent's, rent's a little pricey around here. We're across sure. from Pink's Hot Dogs, as right. you now know, and things like that. This is a major um, corner, big hub in, in uh, in Los Angeles, so this is Melrose and La Brea. We're at the southeast corner, so oh, okay. it's a little pricey. And also, this is more manageable for me. It used to be that with the bigger space, um, I couldn't just stand here and see the whole store and all the customers and be able to talk to the guy at the back counter or see the front door. Sure. When it was double the size, we needed double the staff. We needed to cover double the, the the right. space as far as product and things like that. We now use our space more efficiently. We, f we have more focused um, sections. Like we sure. expanded our kids section giant. Like first oh, yeah. thing you see when you walk in the door is a, is a replica R2-D2 <laughs> and a giant kids section because yeah. the, the kids. Oh yeah, it's like a kid, but now it's like a candy store for adults. Yeah, because of all the movies and television shows now, thankfully we've been so successful with Marvel and DC and the like. Kids love comics now, you know, where, and women, you know, like half our uh, clientele is probably women and kids now, when it comic used to just books. be the classic uh, yeah. comic book guys, well, but right? But they've, be, they've become more empowering, and the, the characters are yeah. embracing more bits of life, but you have events here too, don't you? What's, what's your favorite event that that's, you push that's off That's pretty here? much like the cornerstone of the business are our events and promotions. Uh, my father taught me early, on. That was one of the first things I did when he sort of was grooming me to run the shop. 
is I said, I don't really want to run the register, Dad. I, I like the events. I like the, I like the live aspect of it. I like the planning of it. So he groomed me to, you know, to you know, all the logistics and all the planning and the coordination for running a successful event. And we've had events with everybody in the industry from you know, Stan Lee to Jack Kirby to you, know, you name it, to, to people you've never heard of before okay. that maybe now are big in the industry. Um, we kind of gave a lot of people their first start as doing, my first signing was ever at Golden Apple or okay. I've really made it in the industry. I had a signing at Golden Apple. So we, like you're talking about comic book artists. Comic book artists, uh, writers, writers, creators. Okay. We, you know, nobody's too small, nobody's too big to sign here. Doesn't matter how big my shop is or how small my shop is. Okay. So back to your question, actually one of the most fun events we have around here is Halloween time. Oh yeah. We, we host John Carpenter. The, really? the horror oh, master himself. I think himself. I saw it online. Uh, I yeah, saw the it director online. of, you know, Halloween and Big and he, Trouble in Little China. And he has a, his book, his uh, and Tara King, right? Is that her name? I think that's... What's that? Oh, Sandy. Sandy. Sandy King is his yeah. wife. Right. Okay. Um, and they have and, a book together. Yeah, they do a couple different books. They did this one book called Asylum when they first started getting into comics. And now they do this thing every year called the... Uh, John Carpenter's Tales of Halloween Nights. Ah. And uh, what they do is they get all the really great group of artists and writers to, to do like an anthology of like, oh, all right. it's almost like Tales from the Crypt cool. or Creep Show or something. Uh, it's got this very kind of cool vintage vibe to it. And um, there's all these stories in it. And we have a ton, we usually have about 10 to 12 creators, writers, artists that come here, as well as John and Sandy Carpenter. And um, yeah, it's the it looks only. Like a party. It's I, the only it. event he does. He does it once a year, only here. I'm not bragging. It's, it's just a cool factor. It's yeah. one of those things that makes us unique. Right. Um, their kids grew up going here. Sandy used to bring you know the kids in, and you know my mom would help them out and stuff. So everyone's like family to us. Sure. Whether you're John Carpenter, or you're John. Smith, right. you know, everybody who comes in here, we know him by first name. It's like Cheers, but for a comic book store. Okay. And we have beer, so it sort of makes a lot of sense. Now, you also have something really unique in the area that I don't think anybody really knows. I don't know if this is a well-kept secret, but celebrities come in here to do research for movie roles. You're, the thing about this store is for a long time we had to keep this whole thing under wraps. Sure. It was very secretive um, <laughs> until, if you remember, Wizard Magazine. Yeah. They actually ran an article and they called us Comic Shop to the Stars. Oh. And we sort of finally came out and said, all right, this is what's going on. You know, we are located right near Hollywood. Sure. Right up the street. Technically we're LA, but it's, it's Hollywood. Right. We've had celebrities, the top celebrities you can even think of come in here over the years. Some do signings, some just shop here just because they like comics and pop culture. And we're talking about Michael Jackson, for example. Okay. We're talking about, you know, uh, just sort of the top people you would think. Some of the, some people you would, you would assume like a Seth Green um, or Samuel L. Jackson still shops here to this day. We have a box actually under the counter <laughs> with his, uh, you with do his, his picture pulls. on it. We do his pulls for Oh, okay, good. Um, you know, stuff like that. Um, so who's your favorite? But the thing about it is, uh, I mean, back to your question, oh. I mean, you're, you know, they come in all the time and they research stuff. They don't always get the roles. I mean, 
We've seen some very famous faces in here saying, hey, I need this, um, I need anything on this character named X. And we go, really? I mean, <laughs> you know, Josh Brolin did not come in here to, to research cable, but a couple other guys did. For okay. example, you know, someone came in here to research Domino. Oh, yeah. But she didn't get the role either. I thought she would have been a great Domino, but that's oh, all right. nice. But, you know, we do see this, but then from time to time they do get it. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you one of the... the the nicest guys in the whole world is Gabriel Luna. He plays Ghost Rider oh, yeah. on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He came in here to research it. I handed him the book like I would anybody who said, hey, you got anything on Ghost Rider? I'm looking for Robbie Reyes stuff. I said, yeah, oh, yeah, here's the book. I mean, I was just doing my job, just sure. being friendly. He's come back so many times to just thank us, to do signings for us, to autograph stuff That's for awesome. us. He posts on social media about us. I mean, he's like the nicest guy in the whole world. But that would be a one relevant success story. Okay. Is Gabriel Luna as Ghost Rider, and you know, we're all hoping and pushing that he gets his own show and things like that. Sure. So we, we try to get behind him. So I have one last question. Do, do you have a son that you plan on, or a daughter that you plan on passing this down I to? I do. I have a, one child. I have a daughter named Casey. Okay. She's now 11 years old. However, she stands about this tall. <laughs> awesome. Um, we're working on her. Okay. Uh, yesterday we walked around a comic convention. There's one in Long Beach, okay. and uh, they were just setting up. But I, I mean, not grooming her, but trying to acclimate her. She'll come and she'll work, work the register. Mm -hmm. Actually, she loves working the register. So is my niece. So not only do I have one daughter, but I actually have a niece and a nephew. My brother has two kids. My brother's not as active in the store. He works on films and TV shows. Actually, he's got an amazing career. But his daughter. Sage is really excited to come to work. That's she nice. comes to work with my mom okay. all the time. Uh, my mom still works here to this day. Cool. Uh, my dad passed about 10 years ago, uh, which is one of the reasons that I kind of took up the helm sure. for the family business. Um, but so that's, that's why it's so personal to us to just sort of have, I'm a second generation comic book shop owner. Right. I'm one of the few people that can say that. Sure. There are some others out there, and uh, I don't know if of any third generation, but you know, I do have my daughter and my brother's daughter who are at least interested. <laughs> so I want to show you this. Um, it's one thing to say that we're awesome. It's another oh. thing to prove that we're awesome. Oh, okay. What's this? This is actually called the Will Eisner Spirit of Comics Award. Oh, wow. Um, okay, they I give it out that. once a year in San Diego at Comic-Con. Yeah. And um, in the second year, my dad won it as... This is... It's like the Academy Awards for comic books. Wow, he must and, have been so proud. And so this is the best retailer, the best comic book shop award. Wow. Um, they for the whole country. For the whole world. Yeah, oh, okay. Now, now it's worldwide. They didn't used to have them abroad, sure, sure, sure. but now they do. So in the second year of San Diego Comic-Con hosting this award, we won. Well, that's so terrific. That's a special one. So in 1994, we won that. Um, Tick Award for something, too. Uh, that's pretty weird. This is, this is oh. another fun award. Oh, the Golden Apple. So this, we had our own award show um, oh. before this. This was in 1988. <laughs> we we hosted our own award show prior to Comic-Con um, doing something like that. Sure. And so we did something where we gave best writer, best artist, best oh, wow. this, best that. I'm sure they felt honored too. And literally everybody came, literally the top people in the world. Jack Kirby, Stan Lee, like we're talking about the top people yeah. in the whole world in comics at that time, Frank Miller, everybody came 
They came to the award show, they got their award, everything, except for one guy. <laughs> and we kept his award this whole time until he's gonna come and grab it oh, from him, what's the us name? himself. What's the name? Alan Moore. Alan oh. Moore. Huh. Mr. Watchman yeah. himself, Who Alan Moore. The Watchman. He, you know, unfortunately has vowed to never step foot in the United States ever again. So we're oh. just gonna hold this until he changes his <laughs> mind, okay? That's great. And then the third one up there is a Saturn Award they gave to my father as like a lifetime achievement oh, award. Oh wow, that's, that's uh, after awesome. he passed, we came and oh, accepted it for sure. him. Yeah. Well, that's still. Great. This is not an award. This is a. Uh, <laughs> this is a really cool little tick memorabilia. We've done some events with Ben Edlund, and he just autographed yeah, that for that me. Yeah, that is just so funny. Well, this is the broadcast, reporting from Golden Apple on Melrose in Los Angeles. We'll see you next time. This is theCUBE from Comic Book Sci-Fi. I'm here at the legendary Golden Apple comic book store on Melrose Place. At it, Melrose Avenue. It's not Melrose Place. I wish okay. it was Melrose Place. It's not I mean, Melrose like hot Place. people would be hanging out and like hooking up and oh. fracking. No, it's not okay. Melrose Place. Goes Melrose dream. Avenue, though. Melrose, Melrose and La Brea, right by Pink's Hot Dogs. Oh, Pink's Hot Dogs. Go in there later. You know I gotta give me some food. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> tell us about the store. What's going on? What's the hottest things out right now? Well, the hot things right now are uh, DC Rebirth has been really selling well. <laughs> it really has. The uh, they they DC kind of righted the ship and they they looked at. I think they listened to a lot of their their readers and ah. said that what they were missing a lot was a lot of their history. Right. So they brought that back with Rebirth. That's been doing huge. Well, you know who who doesn't do that? Marvel. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. So I also hear here <laughs> that you are a huge GI Joe fan. I am a huge GI Joe fan. I have a GI Joe podcast. You have a GI Joe. So tell us about that. It's what's called Joe on Joe, and uh, I like to say it's the greatest GI Joe podcast that you will listen to during the half hour that you're listening to it. That's that's pretty it's, much. It's a hundred. That's one hundred percent accurate. That is one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can probably agree with that. Yeah. So how did you feel about the movies when they came out? Uh, the live action movies. Yes. Be honest. Okay. Uh, I like them both. Okay. Uh, I think two is a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of fun in the first one, but I think what what they missed, the biggest misstep is they took the the fun and insanity out of G.I. Joe. They okay. took a lot of the so, vibrant colors. All the Joes are, are unique and special. Right. You look at the action figures and the, you can you know exactly who that Joe is. Right. But when you look at the action figures for the movies, mm -hmm. they're all wearing the same black. They all, look like, no, they all look like snake eyes. Yeah, there's when, no distinct. And when everybody's snake eyes, no one's snake eyes. No, that's actually a good reference. As we say on my podcast, now you Joe, and Joeing is half the battle. <laughs> it's true. That's this like guy the, is yeah. just like us with the puns. Yeah. I, I think we're gonna get along famously. I think that's the biggest misstep they did with those. No. Is so, they took a lot of the personality out of it. I, I actually agree with you. I like the first one a little bit better than mm -hmm. the second one. It had a better storyline to me. Yeah, it was more, definitely a more coherent story. Yeah. yeah. Um, so according to you, because you're the G.I. Joe experts, um, so the remake cartoons, do you see them as comparable to the original cartoons or are they just, to you, just a waste of time? No, I don't think they're a waste of time. I think they're well done. I think they're fun to watch. Mm -hmm. But I think what's missing is the again the insanity. Okay. And and I like to on my show I like to refer to it as there's no talking birds on the new shows. Right. 
the old show had these elements of, it was grounded in, you know, a cartoon reality. Right. But then you had a talking bird. Okay. You know, and then you had a dentist with no shirt running around creating clones of, of dead emperors, you know? Right. Like that, they've not gone, they've not done that in the, in like the, in the cartoon Pixels. reboots. Yeah. Right. They're more serious adventure shows, which are good and well done and, and, and I like them, but they don't, they're, they're not charming. There's, no. a, there's a charm that comes to having Serpentor run around. Here's what's wrong with all cartoons that's out nowadays. Yeah. So what's your favorite episode of the original G.I. Joe series? Oh, that's, that's easy. Uh, it's called Worlds Without End. It's a two-parter. Uh-huh. And it is amazing. It deals with alternate realities. The Joes get shunted into an alternate universe. Mm -hmm. And they actually find their own corpses. It was like the only time in the show where they dealt with like hard actual death. Oh, wow. So they find their own dog tags on skeletons, and they had because uh, and, yeah. and, in this world Cobra won. Right. So they have it's a two-parter, and, and they once they figure out what happened, then they have to decide: do we stay in this reality and help this world fight Cobra? Because Cobra won. Like yeah. it's it was over. It's, yeah, it's almost like Cobra was making America great again. Fake news. Fake, Fake news. news, yeah. And the Joes were like, we need to help them. And so they make the choice. A couple of Joes actually stayed there. Really? Yeah, and then they wrote them out of the show. Although they came back in the movie, which was funny. But <laughs> but they did write them out of the show, the regular ongoing show. Yeah, they were okay. gone because they were like, hey, we're going to stick around here and help this world out. Okay. And, and so it's, it's a great. It's, I think a lot of people look at that as, as one of their best favorite episodes. Well, that's good to know. So. Yeah. Can we find your podcast on iTunes? You can, uh, yeah. It's SoundCloud. iTunes, Stitcher, yeah, okay. pretty much anywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, it's Joe on Joe. Search for it. Uh, I have a website, but it's it's not great. Not I need great. website help. Need website help. <laughs> but what we do is we watch every episode of the show in chronological order. Ah. And we interview we interview a guest, kind of find out what their connection is to the show, and okay. then we sit down and we mystery science theater it. Nice. It's sounds, a lot. Good. It's sounds a lot good. of fun. Yeah, it's sounds, a lot of fun. Sounds like a lot of fun. We're gonna have to uh, jump in on that one. I'd day. love to have you on. All right, I'd love to be there. This has been the Q for Comic Book Sci-Fi with the biggest G.I. Joe expert I know, and his name just happens to be Joe. Hey, I'm Shannon Long, and today I am not in a brewery, I'm not in a bar, I'm in a comic book store drinking beer. I'm at Golden Apple on Melrose Avenue in Los Angeles, California, hanging out with Ryan. Hello, everyone. And this is not necessarily a brewery's beer. This is your beer, your homebrew. Yes. I uh, got into it last year. Um, I'm always trying to figure out different like events to do in the store. We did a wine thing, you know. Everybody likes to drink, right? Oh, so hell yeah. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to you know give away free drinks uh, in a very appropriate way. Uh, we did something called Burly Man's Back Issue Brew Fest. Um, who is Burly Man? It's actually my alias. Uh, we can go into that another time, but oh boy. <laughs> I am known as Burly Man. Uh, it's sort of a, a logo, like a living logo type of fun. Uh, you know, uh, thing for the shop so that it, it makes it a little more fun for everybody who shops here. I sometimes don this costume, but <laughs> I did not do that today. And it's a very rare occurrence when I do that. Um, but however, I did spend a little time uh, learning how to homebrew and, and had some fun with that. Well, you're based in California. California is known yeah. for craft beers. I mean, you guys are the biggest state. You're jam-packed with some of the best craft breweries. Do you love kind of living in California and getting to experience all of these? Yeah, I mean, I, I like to drink. So uh, I actually, uh, you know, imbibe both the, the breweries around here as well as the, the wineries. We have actually a great wine country. Obviously, being in California, you can go up to Santa Barbara. 
You can go uh, south to Temecula, you can go as far up as Napa, um, but there's also amazing breweries um, and, and a lot of amazing restaurants that have local beers on tap. And I sort of got into that last year and then started home brewing my, my own stuff uh, with a couple buddies uh, who we, we had a catering company together and we like to just drink. So we were like, why don't we make it on our own? We'll save some money and we'll try something out. And I decided to let my customers taste it. Again, for free, for free, it was not. I wasn't charging for anything. Uh, it was something like if you buy a dollar back issue, you get to taste one of my beers and then it just sort of spiraled from there and just, I was like, Here, take all the beer you want. So <laughs> it was fun. Um, Can we actually talk about these first? Oh yeah, sure. So this is, I'm holding a piece of history. That's here. right. These are vintage. Um, so Golden Apple was started in 1979, not to get too detailed, but um, in our 15 year anniversary, I think it was, my brother and I went and actually did our first homebrew. There was a place in LA where you can go and they have all the stuff. And we made the beer one day, then we went back and bottled it and we made custom labels for a party we had at the store at the time. Um, and we actually teamed up, this was pretty legit, we teamed up with these companies. So, for example, this has Frank Miller artwork on it from Dark Horse's Sin City. And this was our Crimson Apple Ale. Everything was very relevant, rolling golden. Yeah. Um, but again, Dark Horse sponsored it. So they helped pay for the beer and the label, Heavy Metal, and Kevin Eastman when he was owning it at that time, Wild Storm. So Jim Lee got into it with us. Um, these are all people who've been customers for years. Jim Lee, Frank Miller, Kevin Eastman. You know, these are people we've done millions of events with and uh, they sponsored a big party we had. It was our big, I think it was our 15 year anniversary. So these are vintage, vintage bottles, vintage labels, um, something fun from the history books. I thought we, cause we do have a very rich history in beer here. Like we've done things like that. I've done home brews. We've done a lot of beer sponsored events. There's another one that has a very cool custom label. Um, these are our buddies out of Arizona, a local brewery called um, Santan. Um, oh, yeah. And so Santan's actually starting to sell out here in L.A. now, and they're getting more popular in a lot of different states. But they started in Arizona. This is their Sunspot Golden Apple um, beer. And it was for a D.C.-sponsored party for when they launched Convergence. So you comic book fans out there might know the age of this beer because it was Convergence. It was called Converge on LA. And uh, my buddy Mike over at uh, Santan hooked us up with this label with Jim Lee's art and Jim Lee was here and Dan Dio and Jeff Johns and everybody. And we, we drank this cool beer. So um, this is another Santan beer. Um, but anyway, the, the big bottles are all my home brews. So it was a lot of fun to, uh, to do that for my customers. They appreciated free beer. And, you know, in a comic no book store. No one dislikes free beer and comics. That's the That's match right. in, made in heaven. Can we drink some beer? Sure. Woo. Uh, I'm going to give you a, a, a warning. Okay. The warning here is, I did this over a year ago, so we could be drinking stale beer. This could be amazing right. beer. Um, I did read that um, you can leave it in your fridge for a homebrew up to two years. So maybe it's as still good. As long as it's cold. You it's know, definitely it's cold, cold, but let, let's hear if it even it. makes any sound when I open it. Oh, oh that was great. I think job. I still got a little little game That's got in a the kick beer. in it still. This one is a blonde. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm actually starting with this because I was pretty confident that that would happen because this was, I feel, one of my more successful beers I ever made. <laughs> so I wanted to start it off right. Look, it's got head on it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. This isn't flat. Yeah, I definitely. maybe poured yours a little horribly. Why don't you, why don't you switch with oh, me? I'll drink well, all the... You're a gentleman. I'll drink well, all the cheers the to your froth. homebrew and, and golden apple. You're but, doing a wonderful job. Got a little bite to it, but it's... It does. Um, this is a blonde. A blonde ale, ale. but it's got a little a little hop presence. You guys, you gotta, you, you're oh, California. Oh, there's some hops. You know, you gotta have some hops in a California True. home bro. <laughs> but one of the one of the one of the beers we're gonna try is my IPA. Okay. I actually don't like IPAs at all, and I don't like all the hop stuff. I feel like you're the only person in California. <laughs> but I knew that everybody else does, so I had to make one. Mm -hmm. But I made a session IPA, so it's like the lightest IPA you can do. I even like look on the on the uh, you know the instructions for it and the and the recipe and it was like ad hops at like every 12 minutes or something and i was like i'm gonna skip two or three of those because i don't <laughs> want it to be crazy hoppy so i made the lightest ipa i, I could do i can appreciate that that's awesome all right cool. that one turned well, out I all think right we're off to a pretty good start What's i'm gonna next? give you a new glass just like okay. a let's we're gonna stay light okay we're gonna we're gonna stay light in the in the wheat Department. Don't want to destroy our palate here at the beginning. I think just like wine tasting, you kind of start with the whites and then you go to the reds and a little something. Ooh, All right, go. we had a little a little <laughs> pop on that one too. We're okay. This isn't completely flat beer. Has there been a favorite amongst you know if you're giving it away with the comics and this and that? Has there been a fan favorite among the comic uh, patrons here? You know, again, I think this blonde really hit home, but a lot of people like the IPA. Mm -hmm. I just personally, I think it actually tastes good for an IPA, but I just generally don't drink it. Don't drink IPAs. That's all right. I like them light and this is like a wheat. Oh yeah, you get the banana, the clove on the nose. I think I actually, I don't know if it was this one, but one of them I put um, some pineapple in, but I don't think this was it. I'll imagine the pineapples there. If right. You think about I, it, I, I start tried. To it. <laughs> you, as, as when we get to the last one with the raspberry, I tried to infuse some some fruits and stuff. Nice. Um, yeah, I've tried a few. Things. I did a I did a root beer also, like a home brew root beer. That was good. So. I love it. I tried to stay away from extracts. I mean, I tried to to make it legit. All. But, all green. That's awesome. Yeah, but like the raspberry does use an extract. I'll be honest, but. Um, I tried to do, no, I mean with the fruit. Like I tried to make oh. it infused with actual, you know, fruit. Um, That's always the goal. That's this awesome. one came out all right, huh? No, I, 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 I think you did a wonderful job. Do you want to try another one? Yes, well, sir. Before we do, do you ever do this? Do you ever homebrew? You ever I tried this? I've homebrewed a couple times. We on the show in, in different segments. I've brewed on big scale breweries, you know, with, with, oh, we with go into breweries, a brewery, professional right. breweries. Pushing buttons. Yes, but my brother and I, we've done, we did a red ale with cinnamon. And I, I don't think we were sanitary enough because I, I think it got infected. That is a number <laughs> one thing that I learned. The first couple batches were terrible and my buddy was like, no, no, we gotta be like real, cause we were just having fun with yeah. it, just like you probably did. And once you take it a little bit more seriously and you start like sanitizing everything and doing everything and like just taking your time, it is a little bit labor intensive, but fun. Um, cause you're drinking while you're brewing. Cause you're right? drinking and brewing. <laughs> I did it actually, the way I do it is outside. I use like, a, you know those turkey fryer? Yes. So I actually used essentially the turkey fryer when I first started. It's the same contraption, same everything out in my backyard. And then you like, I had a red bucket with ice to put the thing in when it was done. Go. 
And then uh, we graduated to like actually buying a glass carboy and like buying the really cool, uh, you know, spigot bucket thing. And like, as these beers progressed, I think the beer got better as well as our, our skill level and our equipment. You basically had a whole quality control program at this point. Yeah, because like <laughs> at the beginning it was like, I'll just make a beer and give it away to my customers. And then it was like, oh, this is pretty good. Let's do another one and another one. Then it started to get like, almost like a business, but more of a hobby. Um, all right, well, Next here's time. the IPA. Okay. Because everybody likes IPA, has except IPA. for me. But I made the lightest one possible, as I said. So I think you're gonna dig it just because if you like IPA at all, and this is one of those like, I think it's like 11.30 in the morning right now anyway. <laughs> you don't want to have like a crazy, hoppy, ridiculous IPA anyway, right? So Back in Michigan, it's, it's the afternoon. This is totally appropriate. So let's see what now. we got here. You can smell it, right? Okay, so not too hoppy on the nose. Oh, no. Like, this is, this is basic. It's pretty legit though, right? It's hoppy, but it's balanced. The malts are there. I can see. I can see. It's light. Like it's not, I'm not trying to, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to like make a face when I drink a beer. No, it's too bitter. Yeah. This no, one? this is great. And the cool thing about this beer is you brewed it for you. You brewed this to your taste, something yeah. that you would enjoy, which I think is really cool. See, I took two sips of it, even though just to make sure what it tasted like, but you could tell I, I didn't even finish it. It was like the wine thing where you like pour it back in the bucket. You swallow in beer. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right. right, we'll try my last one. This one is a raspberry dark. Cool. Um, the only thing I did differently, I'll just show you the camera. I, I put the labels, I did, I did clever little um, tops on them, but I didn't go as far as putting the really cool labels. That was just like way too much time, effort. I also do all the graphic design for the store, oh, so I do yeah. all You're the flyers and everything. Like, for example, we have an, a beer fest coming up if I can plug it, but um, by the time this airs, no one will care, but literally we are still doing some beer things, but they're just not gonna be my home brews. So like there's a new publisher coming in and we're gonna just give away some free beer oh, to cool. like, you know, introduce a new publisher to the, the comic world. But um, yeah, that so one's still- So you're a busy have... guy, you're making the beer, you don't need to do all the- Yeah, like I said, I do all the graphics, I do all the stuff, I, I run the website stuff. Um, this is darker. Oh yeah, this is my raspberry dark thing. All right. Like I said, this is the last one I'll open, although I have- Oh my gosh, this is so raspberry. It's very raspberry. Oh, Maybe we went a little heavy handed be, with it. I feel like this is gonna be really good. You might dig that. It's a little crazy raspberry. You did a great job on this. I really it's light, mean though. that. It's super light. This is such a great dessert beer because you get so it much is. raspberry and then it was a little bit of chocolate. I tried different stuff, but it's super Good light. Good job, man. Thank you. I really Thank like you very it. much. Can I have, do you have more of this? <laughs> I have two, two whole bottles. So you can have a whole bottle, whatever you want. Um, this is actually some of the last of the beer that I have. Um, when you guys called, I went to my fridge that, you know, like I said, I've been staring at it for like a year. And once in a while, someone will come over to my house and I'll try one. Or if I have somebody coming to the store to do a signing, Maybe I'll bring a bottle or two because um, I know they're beer, they're beer guys. And because uh, we do signings here all the time. And 
some some of them are real into beer. I know, you know, guys like a Will Wheaton type of person. Yes, who like, we tried Woot Stout. Right. So like, like guys like that, like you know who likes beer in the in the you know in the industry, you know, Dave Johnson and guys like that. And then there's whiskey guys, you know, you got you got your Tony Harris's and your people like that who, who like their whiskeys and so uh, you get to know these people. We've been around obviously long enough to to not only know how great the comic book creators are and how great of an artist or a writer they are, but we know like what they like to drink or eat or I'll bring in a Pink's hot dog or whatever. You not know? a lot of people can say that. Yeah, because they're just across the street. So That's too cool. I heard you guys are visiting them too. We are, and, and I, uh, I'm a beer girl at the end of the day, and I appreciate awesome. you sharing your beer with me. And, and uh, Yeah, it's fun. First time drinking in a comic book store. So. Cheers. Hopefully thanks. not the last. <laughs> I hope not. Cheers. <laughs>